Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. Hello and welcome back to County Cricket Natters. And uh, we've been away for a few weeks. We've had the Royal London Cup and we've had some other competition which we don't like to talk about here. And I am delighted to be joined on a very sad day where the Queen has passed away, to be joined after a long, long pause this summer by the Queen of County Cricket, Annie Chave. Welcome oh, back, Annie. Hello. It's it's lovely, lovely to be back. And, uh, yeah, I'll just raise a glass to the Queen and say that was uh, that was one fine inning she put herself through. Um, it's lovely to be back. Um, and uh, let's, uh, let's hope the next four rounds are brilliant. Yeah, as, as Europe sang back in the 80s, it's the final countdown. <laughs> yeah. And our guest tonight, I am absolutely delighted because I am a Middlesex fan, as regular listeners will know. And we <laughs> have got somebody from possibly the finest side to ever set foot on a cricket pitch. Man from the 1980s, he was there in the middle order all the time. He won countless county championships, countless Benson Hedges Cup. I think he's won a Nat West Trophy and possibly even a John Player League. Welcome, Roland Butcher. Hi, it's a great pleasure to be here and be part of your show, as even on this um, sad day, but looking forward to it. Yeah, great stuff. Well, let's crack on straight away with Division One. Let's go down to Southampton. And Hampshire have gone top of the league. They got 400 for nine in their game against North Hans. They all chipped in. Felix Organ, 71. And Nyren Donald got 94. 
Kyle Abbott got 51 mm. with a bat from, I think, number 10. North Hans were then all out for 175. Kyle Abbott, four for 52. And Hampshire enforced the follow-on. Emilio Gay, he's a good player. I really like the look of him. He got 74. But it's Mohamed Abbas, the other of the AB team at Hampshire, got four for 32. The weather was closing in, though. And just before it hammered down with rain, James Fuller's bowled Jack White Northamptonshire to leave Hampshire winning by an innings and four runs. Roland Butcher, Surrey or Hampshire for the title? Well, I think it's going to be a tight one. I will be fortunate to be doing that final game between Lancashire and Surrey at Old Trafford. So that could easily be uh, the decider. Um, obviously, Hampshire have had a fantastic season and, you know, it just shows the... You know, when you put a good score on the board um, first innings, how you can put teams under pressure, particularly uh, at this stage of the season where teams have gone several weeks without any red ball cricket and now back um, into play. So if you can get a score early on, and we saw it in some of the other matches as well, then the opposition is under tremendous pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they got maximum, bat- uh, maximum bonus points, didn't they? Because they got their 400, they bowled North Hans out in the you know, within the required 110 overs. And he chafed, you picked Hampshire, start of the season, and I thought you were off your rocker. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's the bowling lineup, really, that, that yeah. got me out. You know, it's the, um, yeah, Abbott and uh, Abbas, and, uh, and Barker's just been so fantastic as well. So um, I watched the last few overs of this, and <laughs> it, was, it was just really, really thrilling, wasn't it? And it literally was about a minute and then the heavens opened didn't they I mean it was really really amazing yeah and you know you do wonder where whether it's written in the stars for Hampshire this year don't you you really do um I'll tell you what will be interesting though is Liam Dawson's going to go away with England to Pakistan I think he's going to miss their last two games so Mm. it's you know we wonder if that's going to be you know if that's going to come into play and whether that's going to be championship defining for them Mm. Time, time will only tell, I suppose, won't it? So uh, we'll see. What about North Hans? They've had a good year, Roland. Yeah, I mean, again, North Hans. I mean, they they have um, been doing pretty well this year as well. And you know, you you know, you'd expect that team like North Hans, which perhaps would be considered one of the, um, I wouldn't say lesser teams because they're all playing at a certain level, but. Um, you know, they'd be disappointed with this performance, uh, particularly the scores, you know, being bowled up for under 100, 200 in the first innings mm. and just barely getting past the 200 in the second innings, really to be to lose by an innings. They'd be quite disappointed with that performance. Yeah, I mean, we had them nailed on for relegation to favourites, didn't we, at the start of the season? And I think they've, they've exceeded all expectations. I mean, they, they've had a brilliant year and... Um, uh, interestingly, one of their players, Ryan Rickleton, uh, should make his debut for South Africa if this Test match takes place at the Oval. But uh, or not its debut. I think he's played for South Africa already, but he's going to come into the side. And I saw him at the Cheltenham Festival, and I thought he was a fantastic player. I really did. And um, yeah, they've got some good players there. Emilio Gay, as we touched on, is a really stylish left-hander. He. He's very good down the ground. He's got a lovely cover drive on him. He's a fantastic slip fielder as well. So, uh, no, all credit. All credit to Yeah, it's good to see them punching above their weight, definitely. Really. Yeah. 
Mm. That game was the only game as well, which wasn't a local derby. So let's move on to <laughs> the Roses game. And let's go up to Old Trafford. And for Lancashire, there was 180 opening stand between Keaton Jennings, got 118, and Luke Wells, he got 84. George Hill then took the first six wickets for Yorkshire for 26. But Ben Code ruined his tenfer. He got the next three. And that left Lancashire from 180 for none to 276 all out. Yorkshire got 255. Finley Bean got a 50 there, top scoring. Young Master Bean. Um, (laughs) Lancashire then put on an opening stand of just 186 this time. Uh, Ben Wells got 124. Keaton Jennings, 68. Uh, And then they they set Yorkshire a target. uh, But Yorkshire finished up 102 for three before the rains came down. Annie, there was a, a strange one went on in that game. Tell us what happened. Yeah, um, obviously they were trying to force something through and uh, Tattersall, who is captain and keeper, um, came on and, and bowled four overs and uh, he got uh, two for 27. So that was that's quite fun. I don't think that happens very often. So that, that was fun. Roland, have you covered Yorkshire much this year? Um, no, I, my first game with Yorkshire will be the next one where they take on Essex at Headingley. Um, so I'll be there next week. Uh, so I haven't seen any of their games this year, um, I did see uh, Essex recently, and obviously I will see them again. But it'd be good to see Yorkshire for the first time. Yeah, it seems Darren Goff's like blooding a few youngsters up there, isn't he? Finley Beans one, um, George Hill is another one. He's part of the Sedba group, who's coming through there with Harry Brook, and it seems like they're they're sort of rebuilding a little bit of Yorkshire, and it's good to see, and they're, they're giving some. Some youngsters a chance up there, and uh, you know, yeah, I think um, I think the future will be bright for them. They might have a few years where they struggle, perhaps a little bit, because the youngsters might, might not be quite ready just yet. But I think they've got some really good ones coming up, and in three, four years, I think they'll be a, a real force to be reckoned with. Let's go down to Taunton, Annie, if you if you want to discuss this game at all, because uh, you know I know you're a Somerset girl. Um, <laughs> Gloucestershire, 343, having been stuck in. Marcus mm-hmm. Harris, 159. Ben Charlesworth, 56. Ollie Price, 52. Somerset then responded, 248 on debut. Imam Ulhaq got 90. Tom Price, yet again in the wickets for Gloucestershire. He got five for 75. Gloucestershire then set Somerset a target, having got 279 for seven. Uh, Charlesworth again with 60. Ollie Price again with 53. Miles Hammond again with 53. And Somerset were in deep trouble, but the rain washed out the final day. Mm. And next week, Somerset have got Warwickshire. That's a relegation. If it was in football terms, a six-pointer, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean... This was a, an odd game, wasn't it? I mean, because uh, obviously um, Somerset won the toss and fielded, and you, you, you know it wasn't a, a bad uh, bad choice to do that. It was uh, there wet, there was weather around and stuff, and um, but I, um, and then of course uh, it just didn't start as we wanted. Um, Harris got a fantastic one hundred and fifty nine, and. We just didn't put the ball in the right areas. We, you know, and and then we had a, a big spell of getting wickets, and and then it kind of 
it just didn't it just didn't um go the Somerset's way I have to say but it was it was uh, it was kind of a tale of uh, two overseas players Harris and and Ohak and uh, um but also I want to really put in a big um shout out to James Rue who um got a fantastic 44 not out um he's he's looking like a rock for um Somerset this young young lad with the old old shoulders obviously so um that's really really good to see and I'm really really pleased with that but yeah, yeah we didn't yeah. need a draw but we were lucky to get a draw I think Gloucestershire you know should have pushed harder and on the uh third day yeah possibly I um I agree with you about James Rue I saw mm. him uh saw quite a bit of this game and he looks about 12 years old. He's obviously got a far easier paper round than I did, I tell you. <laughs> so, uh, um, Roland, you, you've seen a little bit of Gloucestershire this week. I mean, we, we had a chat. Uh, it was the Lancashire game you covered for the BBC, wasn't it, the other week? Um, yes. Tom Price, are you impressed with him? Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought he's done, you know, he's done pretty well um, in, in the games that he, he has played. Getting back to that Somerset um, a game against Lancashire, it was at Southport, a bit of a run feast, and um, James Rule did actually bat very well. I think mm. that was probably his first game, um, his, and he played he played really well. Pitch was very very flat, and obviously, you may remember that Keith Jennings got three hundred <laughs> plus. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think you know, obviously, he's a bit of a find for Somerset, and mm. um, you know, for the future, really, they'd be quite pleased that. They've given the opportunity to to play this year and uh, the progress that he's made. Yeah, he's just looked really solid and and really knows how to occupy the crease. And we we just haven't had that of late, so it's great. Roland, I mean, we we saw a couple of overseas here in Marcus Harris and Emil Hack. I want to talk to you about overseas because you had the the privilege of playing with Mr. Wayne Wendell Daniel in your time. <laughs> I mean, what what was that like? Great, he was on my side. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, listen, men, you have got a, a baller in your team with real pace. You know, something that gives you a bit of a cutting edge that at any time of the game you can call upon that type of baller to, to have an impact. Um, you know, this is very, very important. And I think Wayne was really central to a lot of the success that we had, certainly in the 80s and 90s, because you always knew that you can the ball to him and you would you would get um, a real lion-hearted effort. And, you know, there was a bit of a fear factor involved, you know, with the opposition. So, you know, you always knew you were in the game once he was on your team. So, you know, great to have him in the team. Yeah. And Vince, Vincent van der Bauer as well in the 1980. I think he picked Absolutely. Up. You know, Vince was a fantastic bowler. There's no question about it. Uh I don't know whether we were fortunate or unfortunate to see him at the back end of his career because that was pretty much, he only played the one season. But in that season, you know, he, he got over 80 odd wickets. So, you know, he showed his class in that in that very, very short spell that he had with us. Yeah. I mean, the middle, middle six at the time had, you know, some wonderful overseas and then Jeff Thompson was one, wasn't he? He came over for a bit before he disappeared on a... Uh, a camper van towards Amsterdam, I think, and spent the rest of the summer there in 1981. Yeah, but he he got in he got injured. I think he had he had a, a hernia, which um, 
became a bit of a problem and he couldn't play the full season. But, you know, he also had a, an immediate impact. And obviously, over the years, you've had Larry Gomes, you've had Desmond Haynes, and then obviously later on, um, Justin Lang and others. So they've had some good overseas players who have really performed well for the club. Yeah. Yeah, there's been the odd one who hasn't performed so well. There's a chap a few years ago called Hilton Cartwright, who sounds more like a hotel chain rather than <laughs> an overseas player. But uh, he wasn't so successful. But we move on. We move on. Anyway, let's go down to Essex for the the uh, the Dartford Bridge or the Thurrock Bridge, depending on what side of the Thames derby. Um, Essex five seven three Feroz Cushy one six four. Matt Critchley, 90. Sir Alistair Cook, 78. Kent were bowled out for 164. Ben Allison coming into the side. He's got four for 40. He's a good youngster come through. I think he's from Colchester and East Essex Cricket Club up that way. Um, they enforced a follow-on. Kent, 149. Only Jordan Cox showed any resistance. He got 65. Sam Cook, <laughs> guest on the show on the first one we did this se- season. Seven for 33. Jamie Porter, guest on the show. First one we did last season. He got three wickets. Roland, you covered that game. Essex, just too good. Yeah, I think basically at the end of the day, it proved that that was the case. It could have been a lot different. I think really the morning of the first day, um, Kent won the toss. And I was very surprised actually that they put the opposition into bat. There was a tinge of green in the wicket, but generally... The wicket was quite white. And even though conditions were overcast, you know, I was of the view, and which I made known to Don Topley in the commentary box, that I, you know, I felt really that they should have batted. Having done that, um, they didn't bowl particularly well. Um, they didn't use the conditions well enough with the new ball. Instead of pitching the ball up and, and trying to get uh, the batsman onto the front foot and, and to try to get the edges, they were just a little bit too short allowed the batsmen to leave a lot of deliveries. And then once they got in, um, it was very difficult. Good opening partnership between Brown and, and Alistair Cook, which really set the platform for people like Wesley, um, Critchley, and then um, Cushy. Now, this is a young man that I think has got a real future in this game um, for us, Cushy. He came in at a, a time where, you know, he, he had to rebuild the innings. And I'll, I'll be very honest with you, um, he played really innings beyond his years. It was a very mature um, innings against both um, spin and pace. Um, and I believe that, you know, this boy has got a real future in the game. And um, he didn't give it away. Wickets were falling even after that partnership um, with Critchley. Two two senior batsmen came in and I think Rossington and someone else just got the, threw their wickets away. But he got, he got an ally um, with Allenson and you know, fashioned a really good partnership. Um, there was a point where he was starved in the ball in for a long, long time, but it did not affect his temperament or concentration. Um, when he got back on strike, he just carried on, carried on, and then eventually he was the last one out. But I thought it was a fantastic innings, and, you know, I think he's somebody you need to keep an eye on. It's only his third as well, I gather. So, um, his yeah, first his, that championship was his eighth, game. That was his eighth mm. game before that. I think his previous highest was about 72. Mm. But um, it was a very, very mature innings. Mm. And he's only 23, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, youngster. Yeah, mm. yeah Arthur Akram is doing a fantastic job at Essex. 
He's going like into East London, developing links with a lot of those sort of Asian lads from East London. You know, and I think Cushy, I think he's from Wanstead Cricket Club and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a decent player. But I expect to see a whole production line over the next few years come from that sort of Asian community mm. in East London and, and they're really building things. I want to go back to electing to bat because Tom Abel, or like sort of sticking the opposition in, sorry, because Tom Abel did it for Somerset as yeah, well. Yeah, it was greener. It was yeah, quite do you think 10.30 starts are having a, a little bit to do with that, Annie? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if th- this is the whole September cricket debate, isn't it? Um, due and 10.30 starts, not ideal, are they? No. What I would also say, um, Annie, is that Kent also had a little bit of bad luck in the first innings. Uh, number one, the wicketkeeper got injured. Um, and Billingston had to go off for the, literally for the almost the rest of the game. And then on mm. top of that, to compound matters, one of their fast bowlers, Milne, he got injured as well, yeah. um, which left them a bowler short. And um, it meant that people like Bill Drummond, who really ended up with the best figures in the end, had to bowl a lot of overs. But they were handicapped, first of all, as I said, having put the opposition in. Then those injuries and if you put on top of that, that they didn't bowl particularly well, uh, I think that contributed to the man of their defeat. Mm. Yeah, so who, who kept wicket then? Because they got Jordan Cox and Ollie Robinson who can also... So Robinson, Robinson took over and kept wicket. Okay, okay. But well, they had three, they actually had three wicket keepers in there. <laughs> <laughs> and at one stage... That's very important. <laughs> at, one, at one stage, you know, they, they were all in, in a line, there was... The keeper, first slip, second slip, were all three keepers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at the table in Division mm. 1. Hampshire, 217 points. They played 12. Surrey, 209. They played 11. Lancashire, 188. They played 12. Then there's a gap down to Essex in fourth. They're on 158. North Hants, 133. Yorkshire, 129. It's down at the bottom where it's <laughs> getting really tasty here. Kent, 115. They played 12. Somerset, 111. They played 11. Warwickshire, 104. They played 11. And Gloucestershire, I think they've gone. I mean, 74 points. They played 12. Annie, Somerset, you think they can survive? Every time I say, yes, they can do it, they 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 don't. So, um I don't know what to say now because I don't want to be negative. Um, yeah, uh, no, they can't do it. <laughs> Roland, who, which two do you think are going to go? I, listen, I believe Kent's going to have a bit of a problem because the fact is, perhaps those injured players might not be available for the next um, mm. for the next game. I mean, Billings. I must remember also Billings because of that injury. He, he he ended up getting two ducks in the game, um, yeah. so, which which is um, adding insight to injury. So, you know, if they've got those players out and the team is struggling, I mean, at the end of the second day, um, the guys who are actually on the field they look absolutely out on their feet. The bowlers, particularly people like Stuart and others. I mean, um, Padmore, Podmore, and 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 those guys were completely out of it. Difficult. I think for them to really hit the ground running in the next game. So I, I think they might just be on a 
a downward slope, um, Kent. So I, I would say that they've got a good chance of being one of them. Yeah, they're, they're my tip as well. They've got to go to Hampshire, I believe, which is not going to be easy. Warwickshire are going to have a massive say in this. They've got Somerset mm. next week, and then they go to Gloucestershire the week after. I think Gloucestershire have gone. I think, you know, they, they had to win that game against Somerset. Uh, but I think they were probably even down before that, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I'm with you, Roland. I'm going to go for Kent. Let's just hope the weather holds out and we actually get... Um, three decent rounds. Um, yeah, because that's yeah. that's so massive in this because yeah. it, it's very very tight, like you say. Let's go to Division Two and title elect champions elect Nottinghamshire <laughs> at Trent Bridge. They got two hundred and one in the game against Leicestershire East Midlands Derby. Ed Barnes got three for thirty two. Chris Wright still doing the business three for twenty six there. Leicestershire then got 93, right, with the most bizarre scorecard you will ever see. <laughs> Sam Evans opened. He got 50 not out, carried his bat. The other scores in the Leicestershire side went 1, 6, 2, naught, 1, 9, naught, 1, naught, and 6. There were 17 extras. They were all out for 93. So Sam Evans got 50. There were 17 extras and they were all out for 93. Luke Fletcher there, guest on the show last year, got four for 23. Nottinghamshire then got a big score. They set a big target. They got 390 for seven. There were 60s there from Hasib Hamid, Joe Clark, Lyndon James got runs. He's got runs all year. Leicestershire then collapsed 257 although there was a swashbuckling 58 from number 11 Michael Finan there was three wickets there for Brett the hitman Hutton and three for Dane Patterson uh Roland I mean we've said this from the start of the season not just too strong for division 2 yeah 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 I mean I mean I think a very disappointing performance um really by Leicester because if you know, if you bowl the opposition out for two hundred and one, um, I think you've done a pretty good job. You should you should find that at least you can be on parity at the end of the um, the first innings. If you find yourself um, with just two hundred and one on the board and you have a deficit of over a hundred, um, you're pretty much on the back foot and something that they never really recovered from. Why they batted obviously better the second innings to get up to two fifty seven. Um, they were out of the game really after that first innings um, effort with the bat. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just think they were just sort of blown away. But they've been an interesting side, Leicestershire, because they've been absolutely awful in red ball cricket. Yet in white ball cricket, they qualified out of the group for the Royal London Cup and they were going really well in the T20 until they, they got deducted points. And, I mean, you're a fan of Paul Nixon up there, the coach, aren't you? Yeah, well, well, the cheap, cheap, yeah, Paul Nixon, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I, I love his uh, tenacity and his um, enthusiasm for the game uh, totally. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a tough season for them, really has. And Sean Jarvis, the CEO, mm. I mean, he, he's forward thinking guy, isn't he? Yeah, really, really great community wise, and 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 being fantastic with them, getting um getting out initiatives um in and getting people into the ground and stuff. It, absolutely fundamental stuff that he's been doing, which has been fantastic. So yeah, um, I I'm I was hoping to get up to Leicestershire a couple of times, and and unfortunately couldn't make it. But um, I I really. 
I want to go up there and just um, just say to them, well done for everything you're doing, guys. But um, yeah, uh, looking at that scorecard on the first innings, um, they won't be happy with that. You rarely see so many single figures, do you? Yeah. Roland, you must have bowed at Trent Bridge a few times in your career. What was Mr Hadley like out there? Well, I mean, obviously, Hadley and Race were a very good part, partnership. Um, always very tough. Um, you know, I think we, we had some pretty good times up there. Obviously, we weren't too bad ourselves. So <laughs> we always look forward to the contest. But, um, you know, they perform, normally they perform well at home. In the, um, and I'm sure in this game, particularly, as I said, Leicester, they did the job, obviously, first in this with a ball. But after that, it just went downhill. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he played under Mike Brearley as well. I mean, that must have been a, a fascinating insight into, you know, was a man <laughs> who's lauded as one of the finest Ashes captains ever. Yeah, I mean, um, and quite rightly so. You know, I think as a captain, I was fortunate to play most of my career, or at least half of it, because Mike Gatton took over after that. But, um, yeah, very fortunate to play with someone like him who had a real... Um, hunger for the game, you know, understanding of the game, um, and somebody you know who read situations very well and, and read people also very well. So, you know, he, he certainly had a huge impact, uh, not just on myself, but I think all the players and and the club and the success of the club, and in the time that he was was there, and really, uh, Mike Gatton was also able to reap the benefits um, after because. You know, he left a, a pretty good outfit um, in place, Mike really when he went. Yeah, yeah. One thing we do sort of ask people about is where's the best food on the circuit? Trimbridge <laughs> comes up quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you played at Lord's in the days when Nancy was there in the kitchen and Mike Gatting would have three portions of spotted dick and custard <laughs> after, his, after his lunch. I mean, Reportedly. That, 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 that's alleged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was the where was the best? Would you say? Uh, I mean, you cannot get better than Lords, really. I mean, I think every team enjoyed uh, coming to Lords, not just because it's a fantastic place to play cricket and etc. But I think they enjoyed coming there for the lunches as well. You know, they've been pretty good around the other counties, but at Lords, you know, the lunches were very very special. Okay, uh, and Nancy really treated all of us like her sons. <laughs> So that, yeah. that made it even better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Cardiff. Let's go to Cardiff and, uh, and uh, indulge with some Welsh rabbit. Worcestershire, <laughs> 454 for nine. Gareth Roderick, 172 for Worcestershire. Glamorgan responded, 295. Shubman Gill, I think he's just gone there. I think that's his debut there. Mm. He got 92. The guy who took four wickets there for Worcestershire, we speak about him regularly, he's quick. Dylan Pennington, he got four wickets. And there was four wickets there for Ben Gibbon in only, his, I think, his fourth game. He's a 22-year-old left armour from Chester, and he looks the... Yeah, I, I think he got his uh, first class, his first first-class wicket in May. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's a he's yeah. youngster, and uh, yeah, great yeah. to see both of those two doing well. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Welsh weather intervened. Glamorgan <laughs> followed on. They were five for none before it, uh, in layman's terms, pissed it down with rain. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, 
Glamorgan, Roland, going well. They're second in the league. Matthew Maynard doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in this particular game um, against Worcester, you know, when a team gets 450-odd in the first innings, you know, you're going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, and, you know, if you look at most of the, the runs, apart from Pollock at, at the top, who got 84, got 54, most of the runs really came right in the middle. You know, as you said, Rollock, he batted at number five for his 172, you know, and he had Barnard chipped in at number six. He got 75. And then you got, say, down at eight, you know, Leach chipped in with 87. So they got up to a total that um, was going to really put the team under pressure. So Morgan were always struggling after that. And um, I think they'd be quite pleased to get away with a, with a drawn game. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a battle royale because Glamorgan have got Middlesex coming up and I know who my money's on. I know who Roland Butcher's money's on. So, uh, come on the middle. And I apologise to any of our Welsh listeners uh, tuning in. So, uh, there we go. Right, finally, let's finish up. Up at Durham, Derbyshire, 306. Leas deploy, 82. Harry came and then he went for 78. <laughs> Uh, Anuj Dahl got 56, Durham 223, Michael Jones got 87 of that. There's four wickets there for Sam Connors. He's another one we like. He's quick. And there was two apiece for the opticians at Derbyshire, Dahl and Aitchison. Very good, very good. You've been trying to get that in, haven't you? <laughs> Derbyshire 214 for nine, uh, Wayne Madsen 58. There was five wickets there for Ben Rain as well. Durham were in a little bit of trouble. They're 107 mm. for five. But Liam Travaskis and Paul Coughlin saved the game with an unbeaten partnership of 70. Too weather affected this five. game. Too weather affected. They were on and off all the time, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Um, Derbyshire, though, they've had a really good year. Mm. Roland, you, you a big fan of Mickey Arthur? Well, I mean, Mickey Arthur's a... Obviously, an international coach. He's coached some some big teams, so you know you must give him his papers. He, you know, you know he's he's got a derby team that I perhaps you know the squad's not the deepest. I wouldn't imagine in terms of players, but you know I guess he's doing the best that he can uh, with them. He's still got a couple of experienced players. I mean, Mads, Madsen has been quite good for them this year. Certainly, he's had a season. really good season actually. Yeah, hasn't in, he? in the um, first half. Um, of the season, and then obviously, you know, Masood really is um, is yeah, the talisman. Him. So, mm. so he, you know, he's lucky to have one exceptional player, mm. and um, you know, a couple of young hopefuls, and and then the experience of Madsen. So, you know, you know, he's done perhaps as well as he can do for this year. Yeah, I like Wayne Madsen. I think you know he's churned out the runs. He's had twenty thousand runs for Derbyshire. He's probably had offers to go elsewhere countless times during his career and he stayed there and, you know, uh, I like his loyalty. Anna, you were up at Queen's Park Chesterfield early in the season. I was and Roland was there too. <laughs> what's, yes, that like? was. what's that like as a venue? It's a place I've always... Beautiful. beautiful. It's, absolutely, it's beautiful. I, I, I liked it too. Um, the only you had part, trouble with your parking though. was being in that, in that tent, Annie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were freezing. <laughs> we were absolutely freezing in the tent. And um, <laughs> well, uh, there was actually one day where, where, where the wind was quite strong and um, mm. it was causing a little bit of problem. But it's a beautiful mm. ground, actually. Oh, um, it was gorgeous, wasn't it? And uh, It was. 
you'd only just come over to England then, hadn't you? You'd yeah, it was really so. soon after I had arrived. And um, mm. Middlesex, I must say, didn't play that game particularly well. No. Um, you know, but you could see really how good a player Masood was. And yeah, he was obviously he just he had come off the back of a couple of double hundreds. So, mm. you know, he, he played a key part in the game. Mm. Yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely would go to Chesterfield again. I think it would really, really beautiful. Um, yeah, gorgeous ground and real, um, real community feel there as well. It was, it was lovely. And from Chesterfield to Chesterley Street, James Franklin's going at the end of the season from Durham, isn't he? Mm. So uh, you know that that's quite big news. They're going to be looking for a new coach up at Durham. There, you know, they've been a little bit disappointing this season. There's a little bit of unrest. Their fans are. Uh, disappointed. The wicket's hard up there to bowl sides out twice. It's not mm. like the old days at Durham, whereas you know, 260 played 250, played 240, played 230. And they were really good games of cricket. And they sort of the wicket's gone a little bit. Um, I wouldn't. Well, maybe a little, it's gone a little bit dead, perhaps at Durham. Well, uh, Chris Rushworth still keeps getting the wickets. Yeah, he's still going. Mm. He's still going. Well, let's have a look at the table, Division Two. Nottinghamshire, I mean, they're almost up. They've got 215 points. They've played 12 games. Glamorgan, 172 points. They've played 11. Derbyshire, 169. So they're three behind Glamorgan. they played 12. Middlesex, they're 165. So they're seven points behind Glamorgan. they played 11. So they're equal on games. And then there's a bit of a gap down to Worcestershire, 144. they played 11. Durham, 137, they played 11. And then you've got Sussex on 105, Leicestershire, 75. I want predictions, guys. Who's going up with Nottinghamshire? Roland Butcher. Well, uh, this one could be pretty close. I mean, you know, if Middlesex can get a result in the next game and Glamorgan don't get a result, um, that would put Middlesex in a very good position. Um Derby's already played a game more. Um, so I think really the Glamorgan and the Middlesex games really are key or key games to you know to even it up to the 12. What happens in those two games I think will have a you know a huge bearing on on mm-hmm. who goes up. Um yep. I would like to see Middlesex because um we do need we we need to do something because um you know, we've had a, some very lean years. So, uh, if Middlesex can win this next game, you know, that would put them in a very good position. Yeah. Annie? I'm going to go Middlesex. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think they've, uh, I think they merit it. Yeah. Well, we said that at the start of the season. I mean, you know, when they signed Shaheen Shara free, mm. I thought, here we go. I thought they might even, mm. you know, possibly even pip knots to the title with Shaheen Shah. But, Obviously, he went home after yeah. a month, six weeks or whatever. They signed Ryan Higgins, and he's going to be available now till the end of the season. He could be useful in these conditions, so we'll see. But I can't wait for that one. And mm. uh, we'll be back on County Cricket Natters covering that next week. So, uh, yeah, yeah, do and, tune in. And hopefully Sam will be back with us as well. Yeah. Annie, do you want to do the wrap? Yeah, well, this is uh, this is us, Dan Whiting. Goodbye, all. Um, thank you, Annie Chave, back at last, and um, thank you all. And uh, wonderful, um, wonderful to have um, Roland Butcher. Thank you, Roland. 
Annie, it's a great pleasure and good to see you back at your feet and um, yeah, <laughs> and certainly enjoying um, the game that you love. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yes, we'll be back um, next week when uh, the second round of the autumnal um, part of the county championship will be being played. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Sports Social Podcast Network.